Just how dominant was Micah Parsons for the Cowboys on Sunday? All that and more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Pick is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Pick projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First time users users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That is PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's it going today, sir? It's going great. You know, we, uh, we're getting our first victory uh, tape review, which is nice. Uh, certainly a lot better than looking through last week's tape. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, we, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. I think yeah. people want us to talk about Micah Parsons uh, in preparation for today's show. I don't know if you guys can see if you're watching on YouTube, but I'm, I'm wearing a new Micah Parsons shirt. Excellent. Excellent. Shout out to Hamish. Uh, let's let's talk about him. Just how good was Parsons on Sunday? I, I mean, it's hard to kind of put it into words. I mean, I, I think you know, he was unblockable at times. I, I think really what's what's developed this year is that now offensive tackles seemingly are trying to overset him, knowing that he's uh, he's explosive and he's going to get around the edge and bend around the edge. Uh, and now what he's doing is making them pay by uh, getting them with inside moves. I mean, he's so he's so elite at changing direction while not losing any speed that he can get a full burst going around the arc and then just shift like a running back, suddenly just cutting back inside of the tackle as soon as yeah. they overset. Uh, and it makes protections really difficult. Uh, it makes, uh, obviously, the offensive tackle's job really difficult. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately what ends up happening is that because of that, because of, of the dominance that he shows and, and just kind of a, a, a pick your poison sort of pass rush where, you, you know, tails, tails, he wins, you know, heads, you lose. Uh, they, the, the, the offense coordinators have to kind of compensate by trying to slide protection his way. Uh, and then that starts opening things up for guys like Armstrong and Fowler and all that. Yeah. And then you throw in the other aspect of it is that the Cowboys are doing so much a twist and stunts and blitz. And, and so you don't really know where these guys are coming for. And, and it just becomes, you know, hell on earth for a quarterback. If, if, if your quarter, if your wide receivers can't win early and it, it all kind of uh, flows through uh, the, the pressure that, that Micah Parson provides. Yeah. I mean, we're at the point now where if he's left one-on-one with a tackle, I mean, it's almost a surprise if he doesn't get a pressure on that yeah. snap, which it's kind of incredible. So you saw the Bengals as the game went on. They started to put a running back over there. They started to put a tight end and basically just try to chip him right away to slow him down a little bit. But Dan Quinn had answers. And this is what makes Micah Parsons so much fun is that, okay, you want to line up you know, an extra tight end on that side. We're going to put Parsons as a middle linebacker and line him up five yards behind the center and let him get a running start downhill uh, at the center. It, it, it 
he just presents so many unique problems that I, I don't think there's another pass rusher in the NFL that's anything like him at all. Yeah, and I think what they could do behind him is they, they played a lot of shell coverage, and, and that allowed them to prevent you know uh, uh, quick shots down the field. And that's why Cincinnati wasn't able to get kind of any big plays is because, A, they didn't have the time for longer developing plays, and B, any kind of quick shots down the field you know, because they had to get away from Micah Parsons quickly, uh, they were all getting mitigated by the fact that they had uh, safeties yeah. over the top. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of just created like a pressure cooker situation for the Bengals offense. And, 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 and they ultimately what they should have tried to do or what they were hoping to try to do was try to kind of run the football, just try to, you know, draw some, one of the safeties down to help things out, maybe get some more cover three looks. But the Cowboys basically lived in cover one and cover two the entire game. Uh, and, and, and it basically paid off its spades for them. Parsons is really like that queen on the chessboard, right? Yeah. You can go all over the place. You can move them in any which direction, and he can do it super efficiently, right? Like if you want him to take an inside move against Lyle Collins, he's going to win on that rep every single time. If you want him to line up one-on-one with the center, he's going to win that rep as well. Uh, it's just – I mean, Lena, we're getting into some uncharted territory here with Parsons. Like, I, I'm just not sure I've ever seen a player like him before. Well, the situation too. It's 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 Parsons. Of course, he's an, he's a generational player. There's no doubt about that. But I, again, like Quinn is doing such a great job of getting him lo- good looks, right? Whether oh, yeah. it's whether through the twists or the stunts, you know, there was a five man front that they had at one point that was Parsons. It went from left to right, left to right from the defensive point of view, right? Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence as the three tech, Gallimore as a nose, Sam Williams as the other three tech, and then Anthony Barr on the outside as a five zero front. And it's like, and it was really difficult. And, and it's not like all four four of those guys, five of those guys are going straight up. They're twisting, they're 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 yep. turning each other, yep. and so it makes kind of keeping up with with the protection very difficult. And then you got another time later where they're showing that mug look that we talked about where they have the two linebackers in the A-gaps, but this time it's Leighton Vander Esch and Barr that are the two mugging linebackers, and Parsons is the outside uh, uh, pass rusher, and because of the looks, because of the of miscommunication, Parsons went completely unblocked. That was the play that Parsons went unblocked and, and hit uh, Joe Burrow. So yep. Uh, yep. I, I think it's, it's definitely Parsons, but I think Parsons combined with Quinn is just – unfair i mean it's just really really hurting teams pressure uh, protection plans yeah you mentioned another player that i want to talk about in just a second um that, that i was actually really really impressed by in this game but before we get to him i want to tell you about Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace with Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the u.s canada and the uk You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip or get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Or if you want to test drive that new electric vehicle that you had your eye on just to see how it fits in with your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, Landon, let's talk about Leighton Vanderush, who I thought played a really, really strong game uh, here in Week 2. I thought he was pretty good against Tampa Bay in Week 1. thought he was even better here in Week 2. What did you see when you watched the tape? Yeah, he just 
I mean, he looks like original brand Leighton Vanderesh. I mean, I think, you know, part of what we talked about was that how the Cowboys were playing a lot more uh, shell coverage, which would limit uh, opportunities uh, down the field. And, and the way you have to sort of live and sort of survive in that is you got to get a pass rush so that they, they don't just pick you apart underneath. And then you got to have some linebackers who can rally to the football and make tackles uh, when they arrive. That Leighton Vander Esch's play is, is what allowed them to play like that. You know, I mean, his ability to kind of be a, a linebacker who could fly around and make tackles like reliably, yep. uh, dropping into middle zones, you know, sometimes deep middle zones, almost like a Tampa 2. Uh, his athleticism looks to be back to where it was, you know, his rookie year. He's well, just close really, to that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just flying around and making plays. He's playing smart. Uh, he's getting off blocks. He's just very solid as a tackler. He, you know, he had a sack on a cleanup situation where uh, Parsons flushed him out of the po- uh, mm-hmm. flushed flushed him out of the pocket, and, and Leighton Vanish was there to just kind of clean it up right at the line of scrimmage. So, uh, just his ability to, you know, understand what's happening in the defense, the comfort level in the defense, uh, and then just to have a big, fast guy who can rally down to the football when it gets dumped off underneath and limit uh, the kind of big plays when they're just trying to get rid of the football, that's, you know, that's why, you know, that kind of three piece, right. The, the pass rush, the, the shell coverage, and then the rallying to the football to tackle, that's how you get off the field. You know, if you're not going to cause turnovers, if you're going to force teams to play conservative and then rally to tackle so that they don't get a bunch of yards after the catch, that's how you get teams off the field. That's how you get teams to punt. And and that seems to be a winning combination at this point for the Cowboys. Now, if you look at like, uh, pro football focus grades since about week 13 week 14 range for van rush going back to last year i mean he, he's been phenomenal multiple games over 90 grades uh he had a game of a 77 this week or something 75 like he's just been over the last seven or eight games a very good reliable linebacker and the cowboys have needed that for a while because what we saw in 2019 and 2020 was certainly not that i still think Landon Jabril Cox and Leighton Van Der Esch are the best pairing of linebackers for Dallas. Um, but what did you see from Anthony Barr in this game? I thought Barr played well. I mean, I certainly played a lot better football this week. You know, they used him a little bit as a pass rusher. I mean, it's just like I- I'm going to lump in Fowler here because Go, I, yes, I, just, please. I-, I think that Fowler had an incredible game. Uh, and-, and-, and the luxury for-, for the Cowboys to have guys like Fowler and Barr who are veterans who have been pro bowlers who have had a lot of success in the league and are just kind of nearing the end of their of their careers but are still more than serviceable on mm-hmm. on you know limited snaps to be able to rotate a guy like Fowler in when you need him on key third downs or just to come in and take a series to give guys like Parsons or 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 DeMarcus Lawrence or Armstrong a, a blow is just such a huge luxury and Barr is no different Barr actually has had more of a role because the linebacker, you know, they, they, I don't know that they felt completely he- about healthy thoughts about Cox yet. I don't, not sure that he's all the way back yet, or at least they are feeling good about the situation where they don't need to rush him back. But Barr, you know, didn't have a fantastic game last week. He had a pretty good game this week, uh, snuffed out a screen where he got a tackle for a loss, mm-hmm. just, just kind of moving him all, all different spots in the field. The Cowboys are doing a good job of kind of using him in a bunch of different ways, in ways that kind of fit his skill set well. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's played off really well. There, you know, there's, there's times when teams are going to get Barr in a disadvantageous position just because 
you know, that's, that's what happens. Not every player on the, on the, on the, on the defense that's on the field at one time is going to be an elite athlete and offenses are good at finding, you know, their, their, their mark. But I would say for the vast majority of snaps bar was, was uh, uh, yep. not a detriment, not, not only not a detriment, but, but a, but a huge bonus to this team and, and his experience. And on, honestly, I think playing next to Leighton Vander Esch, you've got two big, you know, long linebackers who know what they're doing on the field. And with all the other speed everywhere else on the defense, uh, it seems to kind of fit when the two of them on the field at times just to kind of patrol that middle of that defense. Yeah, with Michael Parsons really being close to a full-time edge guy now, it's allowed Dan Quinn to do some really fun things with the defensive ends, right? You're seeing Demarcus Lawrence kick inside a lot on even early downs now. Like, that's always been a thing that used to move him inside sometimes on obvious passing situations, but he's playing inside. Dorrance Armstrong is playing 30 snaps a game as a base end which means that Fowler is really like your fourth defensive end on this team. And he's always been a guy that struggled a little bit as a, as a run defender. But if you can keep Fowler just on the field in like obvious passing situations, he's going to thrive. And that's what we saw on Sunday. It's just such a luxury to have him as your fourth or fifth defensive end. Yeah. And I mean, he showed you that he still has some juice. I mean, uh, I, I really love that strip sack he had. It was so impressive. I mean, he was rushing for the three on that one. And he took the guard outside, got him to commit too 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 hard, spun back inside. I mean, it was so crazy to watch. Like he spins back inside, and then all in one motion takes one more lunging step, and then swipes at the quarterback's throwing hand. Uh, he had complete awareness of where he was, where the quarterback was, where the ball was. Uh, you know, just just and just really really great to see. And then you know that combined with the opportunities we saw for Sam Williams, who was able to get in there and make a play. Uh, you know, it's the depth of that position. Uh, it looks really, really good right now. And, and and that could carry the Cowboys quite a ways this season. All right. Last thing on the defense. Um, I thought Donovan Wilson played a really good game uh, on Sunday. He he had a missed tackle early in the game that he, that he kind of made up for it. Uh, I thought he was good. I thought the coverage was good for the most part. But any final thoughts on the defense before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I thought the coverage was good. You know, I thought overall they, you know, they were where they needed to be. Uh, you know, listen, I mean, Jamar Chase is one of the best wide young wide receivers in football, and T. Higgins, the fact that he was able to play and and mm-hmm. and be out there, uh, this is a good wide receiver core, and a, it's a good quarterback. It's the best you're going to face all year. I mean, yeah, it just and is. and it, it wasn't only the pass rush that was preventing them. They were they were getting good coverage on those guys. They were getting able to get some uh, pass deflections in, in the times that they were able to get the ball down the field. The guys were there, so no one's being you know uh, blown off the ball or anything like that. Even the, the 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 touchdown and that that drive where they scored, you know, felt like Higgins may have pushed off a little bit. You know, that's fine. The point is that you you've got your guys there. Well, make what you're not seeing, sometime. what you're not seeing, Landon, is like what's happening across the rest of the NFL, where you're seeing just massive coverage busts. Again, yeah. knock on wood, right? But like you're seeing good and talented secondaries like Baltimore and Cleveland right now. They're just giving up 75-yard plays all over the field because they're just not communicating. And this is one of the good things about the Cowboys bringing back basically everybody in the secondary is these guys have played a ton of snaps together. So, yeah, they're going to get beat eventually just by good plays and good throws. But you're not seeing huge mistakes and miscues in the back end. I, I think the best example of that that we could possibly provide is, you know, Dan Quinn yesterday in his interview talked about how on that third down play where Trayvon Diggs made the the big tackle to kind of save 
the opportunity to get the ball back to win the game for the Cowboys, the uh, headsets went out on that last on that play on that third down for bo- the headset communication specifically from the coaches to the helmet went out and be- they were not able to relay the play into them into the field. The Cowboys defense knew what they were playing. They knew what the call was and they correctly guessed what <laughs> what what Quinn was going to call and they were able to execute. And that to me like I mean that like you know it's it, we talk about small things, right? Like that small thing of knowing the defense allowed them to play what they the way they needed to to make the big play on the third down, which got the Cowboys the ball back, which won them the game. So, I mean, small things add up, and, and things like that are, are are kind of positive for the Cowboys now that they had another year right. in the system of understanding what they're doing. Right, because I think it may be a little bit less experienced secondary. They probably call a timeout there to make sure that they get the right defense on the field. And even if you get to stop your odds of – going down and winning the game are significantly less if you don't have that timeout at your disposal. So that's why that's such a big deal on top of Diggs just making an, an amazing tackle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about the offense. But before we do that, I want to tell you about prize picks. How does prize picks work? All you have to do is pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on just about any sport that you watch. That includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, let's talk about Noah Brown, who had an amazing game in this one. A um, couple of things before we, we talk about the performance. He went 2,196 days between touchdowns in a, in a game. Uh, his last touchdown was, I think it was November 5th of 2016. Oh, that's a long, long time, Landon. Was that against uh, Oklahoma? Uh, no, it, it wasn't against the Oklahoma. It was against Nebraska. But, yeah, the Oklahoma game, he had a lot. Uh, here's what Jerry Jones had to say about Noah Brown today on 105.3 The Fan. I think we're all giving Wilson – he means Noah Brown – our receiver real kudos because you see what he can do out there. Wilson keeps making big plays. He can go get the ball. He's making those big plays after just showing, reminding everybody what he can do. I think you're seeing this receiving corp evolve – and come together right before our eyes. We love Wilson. I, I don't blame him for, for, for mixing up Wilson and Brown. As some, <laughs> listen, as someone who's been doing a podcast on this team for a long time, I feel like I've probably made that mistake. That's funny. That's all. Uh, it is funny. Um, look, I mean, I mean, I, I, we've been saying this since training camp. Like, there's something different about Wilson this year, and that he's he's Brown. That's the difference. That's the biggest difference is that he's Noah Brown this year. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, he looks like a different player. I, I, I think the reason – look, I just got to get into the psychology there. I, you know, both Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson, 
down roster uh, uh, wide receivers who made their mark by doing other things first, right? And then while doing those other things, and and I, I heard uh, a great interview uh, with Noah Brown yesterday where he talked about something his NIL coach had taught, not his NIL coach, but one of his uh, football coaches uh, in high school had told him that it's important to be good at the things that happen the most on a football field. And and I think that that's really what's driven him to become a good blocker, become good at special teams. And that pathway allowed a seventh round pick to stick around with the Cowboys for multiple, multiple seasons and develop his game and watch how these other up roster wide receivers developed and how they uh, develop in the off season. So finally, when his, when his time come came and it probably should have came last year, but Cedric Wilson, the actual Cedric Wilson, uh, you know, Took it had an advantage uh, uh, on the depth chart. Took advantage of that, and and suddenly the Cowboys were flush with wide receivers. Brown gets another opportunity this year. He re-signs with the Cowboys, and I think it was smart on his part. He knew what he that he had opportunity here. That he had coaches who liked him. He dropped some weight. He changed his game a little bit, but he didn't change it that much. I mean, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. Is besides all the other incredible wide receiver stuff that he, uh, the receiving stuff he did yesterday was, I think five for five for ninety five yards or something like that, and a touchdown. He also was was incredible in the blocking game, run blocking game as usual, had a key block on a several different uh, situations. I just think even when Gallup is back fully healthy and I know they'll put him on a pitch count and all that stuff, I think Noah Brown needs to continue to have a role in this team because he's done nothing but exceed in the opportunities that we've provided for him. He's done nothing but 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 show up. So I, I think that he's earned a spot on this team much the way that – his like his namesake said the real Cedric Wilson did last year. You know, yeah. even after yeah. Cedric Wilson showed early success and showed he could do it, the Cowboys continued to feed him and continued to to uh, work him in. Even after Gallup and, and everyone and Cooper and everyone had gotten back on the field, he still got opportunities. I think <laughs> Brown slash Wilson should get the same opportunity this year. Probably just should call him Brown slash Wilson. Uh, I was a little bit more dubious about some of the Cowboys receivers during training camp when we were getting so many positive reviews about Dennis Houston, Simi Fahoku and TJ Vasher and Jalen Tolbert. But we'll say the one guy that I always thought had a chance to, to make a bigger impact this year is Noah Brown, because he's at least kind of done it before. Like he's the only one that's played a significant amount of snaps. And whenever he did get opportunities, he didn't really ever disappoint. Um, so no. it's good. It's good to see him making plays and what's what's so great about him is like key third downs that's kind of who like cooper rush was looking for even over cd lamb even over dalton schultz it's like hey i know noah broad's gonna get open and he's gonna catch the ball it's because he he knows the guy right he's he's had all those practice reps with noah brown and the second team it's he's comfortable with the guy i i do think long term big picture here when michael gallup comes back you might have to have a little bit more speed on your offense i don't know if you can play gallup Brown and CD all at the same time. But I think the point is you're going to want Noah Brown on the field some way. Maybe it's in two yeah. receiver sets, right? Hey, let's, yeah. let's give CD a breather here. We can bring in Noah Brown. We can have him do blocking stuff. We can have him play out of the slot. I, I think he's earned a role in this offense for the rest of the season in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Whether that's, you know, just as a rotational guy in certain packages, I think he has value and the Cowboys should avail themselves of it and not be afraid to give their receivers a breather because they know Noah Brown can, can handle the role. I agree. Uh, let's just quickly touch on the offensive line. Uh, we can talk about Tyler Smith. We talked about a little bit on uh, Sunday's podcast. Matt Farniak struggled. Um, 
the left guard's a problem for them right now. And I think I think that'll eventually get solved here in the next few weeks, whether it's Tyler Smith moving back to left guard, whether it's Connor McGovern. But as of right now, that's the one spot on the offensive line that does make me a little bit nervous. Or whether it's they don't they don't have to play uh, Akeem Hicks and uh, and Avita Vea and uh, DJ, DJ Reader. Reader and yeah, look, I I, I agree. I think uh, Farniak struggled with Reader, but I I honestly think that most starting NFL guards struggle with DJ Reader. Um, I I I think he Farniak is uh, an issue, but I also think that uh, it's an issue I'll deal with with my third string. Left yeah, guard. I mean, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, yeah, it's, if, it's if not... that's the one spot in your offensive line is getting you beat, you can survive. And, and and it wasn't terrible, you know. It's just it looked ugly at times, and they survived it. Uh, so I think you know they'll they'll survive it again next week. It may, hopefully, if if they need to, if McGovern can't get back, you know, with no uh, Williams, hopefully it'll be a little bit better. But we'll kind of hope they let McGovern more. just give McGovern three or four weeks to get fully back from the high ankle. Yeah, there's no sense of rushing him back at this point. Uh, I thought, you know, overall the offensive line, uh, they were impress- impressive. Uh, I think the synchronization of the unit is greatly improved. Uh, you know, they they look really good on the hoof. You know, they're moving really well. I, I really like the mixture of gap, the, the plays that they were mixing in with zone. So they're still doing two-to-ones zone-to-gap plays, but uh, yeah. it still it still looked a lot better in, in the and the kind of uh, constraint element of it. it. It really, you know, they really were getting – getting free on those pin and pulls if it felt like where their their tight ends could uh down block and they could get their uh tackle and guard outside so uh i think that the 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 synchronization between the running backs and the and the offensive line in the run game especially in some of that power stuff is really uh is really solid right now so uh and i and i and i know you don't feel this way but i i liked the way that the cowboys split the running back touches um, I, I, it was basically an even split essentially when you account for the, for the receptions. And I think that the way that they used it benefited both Pollard and Zeke. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how they continue to kind of you know, play, parse that out a little bit, but I, I think the offensive line played really well. Yeah. I think pass protection was, uh, was better than I had hoped for, uh, even with, uh, Farniak inside. I think yeah. Terrence Steele is getting better. Every yeah. single week that we're watching him, I, I, obviously that's the same with Tyler Smith, but Steele at this point still really, really getting better. I, I tweeted it out yesterday. Uh, I think that everyone was looking for a Lael Collins revenge game, and, and, and when in reality it was a Terrence Steele revenge game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, kudos to the offensive line. It, it's really just too well. bad. It's too bad that Terrence Steele had those penalties in week one because I think that kind of clouded people's judgment yeah. of how he played. Because I mean. He played Obviously. well, yeah. He played well. The the penalties are stupid. You can't have those, especially when you're you're a bad offense, which Cowboys kind of are right now. You, you've got to minimize as many mistakes as possible. But through two games, Landon, he's only given up three pressures, and he's yeah. been he's been really really solid. He's not he's not Tyron Smith. He's not a Pro Bowl right tackle, but he's absolutely somebody you can win with on the right side and. If Tyler Smith continues to play this way and you get a, an upgrade at left guard here over the next month, not saying the Cowboys could have an awesome offensive line, but I think it could be better than maybe we were expecting going into the year, especially after the Tyrant. <laughs> I'll say it. Uh, if the Cowboys get Peters back at left tackle and they kick Smith back into the left guard, I won't say that they'll have an elite offensive line, but they will have an elite run blocking. They should be line. able to run block. Yeah, that and that's – that's my hope with the Zeke Pollard thing is I think once 
you get Jason Peters in there and you move Tyler Smith to, to left left guard, that's when I think Zeke is going to become really effective because then you can just start running downhill and he can start punishing linebackers. But in the meantime, I think you kind of need Pollard's juice in there to give you some explosive plays because I'm just not sure the Cowboys can sustain a lot of long drives, you know, getting to three yards to carry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they were averaging more than that. But, but well, yeah, but, thanks to Paul <laughs> Yeah, well, Zeke averaged more than that. I, didn't he? I mean, like, he didn't average two yards yeah. to carry. I mean, anyway. I, it, I, I just, just, it wasn't – I just didn't feel like it was a Zeke game in terms of the matchup. I, I, I kind of think the Giants game is a much better matchup for him coming up. And I think this is a game where you do want to pound him in the middle of that defense. But, yeah, Zeke averaged three and a half yards to carry. I think it's important to make sure that you're – using a lot of variety in your run game. That's where the Cowboys struggled last year is where when they kind of just were doing the same things over and over again, became very predictable. I think the important thing is to mix up the schemes, mix up the personnel, not just running backs. I mean, you know, the, the, the overall offensive personnel and then take advantages of where you can and just keep them off on their toes. So they're not, you know, jumping your, your cues quickly. We'll see. I just want to see them lean into Tony Pollard a little bit more. And I'm, it's probably coming, I'm sure. It's, you know, look, you got what you wanted. They got a 50-50 split, and you're still not satisfied. I think they'll be okay. They'll get a good split That's going. Right. It's, it's working well for them now. Yeah, so far. We'll see. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Tomorrow we'll be back to answer your Twitter questions, so get ready to send those in. You can send them to me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out our show on YouTube, Lockdown Cowboys over there. You can also download the podcast free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Again, I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your Victory Tuesday. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.